In today's episode of Dave Talks Hockey, we will discuss the stark contrast between the Calgary Flames offseason so far and the Ottawa Senators offseason so far. Hope you guys enjoy. Let's get right into it. Wow, wow, wow. Do we have a lot to discuss today. Uh, just recently, there was news that Matthew Kachuk wants out of Calgary. And his reasoning behind this seems to be because of Johnny Goudreau's departure. This is incredibly saddening news for any Flames fan. And I really don't know what I can say that can remedy the situation or make it any less devastating for a Flames fan right now. Uh, I mean, when I think of the Calgary Flames, I think of Matthew Kachuk. I didn't even really think of Johnny Goudreau. Now, before Kachuk, yes, Goudreau. But ever since Kachuk went to Calgary, he's just been the face of the franchise. And apparently, as some sources say, the Flames offered him an eight-year, $11 million contract with a captaincy promise. I don't know how or why you would turn that down unless there's something in the franchise that is going to be uprooted here in the near future that we are going to find out about and is going to be earth-shattering news. Other than that reason alone, I, I just don't know why these free agents are leaving. I don't know why these huge guys in Calgary are leaving. I don't know what the reasoning is behind it, but it is getting ridiculous and things are falling apart quickly. I mean, I I thought of the Flames as a playoff team next year, but now, I mean, reportedly they're, they're going to be losing. They've already lost Goudreau and they're apparently going to be losing Matthew Kachuk. That is two of you, that is the top two players in Calgary. Yes, they have Elias Lindholm. Yes, they have Mangiapane. Um, but those guys are not cornerstone players, I would say. Maybe leaning towards Lindholm being a cornerstone player, but not so much on Mangiapane and Backlund and those other guys. Those, those other guys were top six players, but they were not cornerstone players. You are losing two cornerstone players in Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk, and I think this is just the m- most devastating we've, s- most damage we've seen happen to a team over an off season that I've ever known. Like I, ever since you know, in in the four or five years I've been watching hockey, this is the most devastating news for a, a single team I've ever seen, and it's transpired in a matter of not even a month. I mean, you have you have Goudreau leave. And again, they offered him a big contract. Eight years, $10 million, I think is what it was. And he walked uh, for, for you know, the, close to the same amount of money, but just in a different, in a different hockey town. I, I, don't, I don't know why Goudreau did that. And I'm still baffled by that today. Um, but wow, this Matthew Kachuk news, I don't know where he's going to go. Uh, I heard that... Uh, New Jersey offered him the second overall pick in this draft. So apparently this has been going on for a bit now. And that is a pretty big turn down, the, n- the number two overall pick in a 
pretty stacked draft. Uh, so uh, I I don't as far as them turning that down. I don't know what else was offered. I I just uh, saw a a uh, leak that that apparently Arizona was or, or sorry New Jersey was interested. And as far as I, I, the only other team that I saw made an offer recently was St. Louis, uh, which is Matthew Kachuk's hometown. Uh, so, so that makes sense on their part. They want him to come there, and apparently he wants to go there. But uh, the the offer was too small. I believe the offer was Jordan Cairo, Tory Krug, a first-round pick, and I believe a second or possibly a third-round pick. I'm not sure the years on those uh, picks. But uh, Jordan Cairo and Tory Krug, those are two very large assets, and I don't know if they're going to be able to match, find a match for that anywhere else. I mean, obviously, Kachuk is a very wanted asset and is very desired, uh, but I don't know if they're going to get more uh, more than that. I mean, you're talking a top-four defenseman and a top-six forward uh, with with potential. I think Tori Krug's reached his potential. I, think, I don't think he's going to you know, be anything extremely you know insane in the coming years he's I think he's at the peak I think he's in his prime right now and you know I think you know his numbers will fluctuate but I think for the most part he's going to stay a very consistent defenseman for the Blues uh, and definitely top four material offensive defenseman that plays great on the power play and then you have a guy like Jordan Cairo who just had a great uh, coming out year where he he really showed what he can do and he showed his stuff and he showed that you know he's no joke and that he's a very relied upon player there in St. Louis and I really liked Kyrie this year and to hear that they passed uh, not only him but Tory Krug and two top picks uh, I don't know what else they want I mean I I know you want players that can help now but I, that's how I view Kyrie and Krug and then you're also getting future assets younger players. I would accept that trade immediately if I was Calgary, and I, you know, I wouldn't think twice about it because the guy wants out, and if 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 that isn't remedied as far as a Calgary perspective, you're you're just going to be getting if you keep turning down these offers, you're just going to keep lowering you know your options for people what they're willing to give up. And then you end up having a holdout happen, which is that's not what they want. But you end up having a holdout happen, and you know he might go to arbitration, which means uh, he has to sign for one year, and it's going to be probably around eight to ten million for one year. And then after that year, I believe he is an unrestricted free agent. So then you lose him for nothing. So is it really worth, and I believe Kairou and Krug are locked up as well to longer contracts, so is it really worth seeing Matthew Kachuk walk in a year's time? Sure, you, 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 you get him for this year, but what if he wants out next year? And then at that point, you can't get anything for him. But instead, you know, you can take this offer from the Blues and you're at least cutting your losses I mean, I, I definitely think they are still a worse team. But, I mean, at least you just get something. You, you, I mean, you get something with Krug and Kyrou and those two picks. You get some sort of compensation. 
even though it's not at all close to what you lost. But now in stark contrast, let's go over to the Ottawa Senators and talk about Pierre Dorian and the absolute clinic he has been putting on for these Ottawa Senators. Wow, wow, let's get into it. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, we have the fantastic remade Ottawa Senators team that I see personally making the playoffs next season. And I will just tell you why in six names. Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, Alex Dabrinkit, Tim Stutzla, and Claude Giroux. I will tell you why I think this team will make the playoffs with this top six, and that is because they will be a force. Brady Kachuk recently coming off a 60-point season, 30 goals, 30-some assists, you know, just absolutely smashing it. Josh Norris with a, 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 a just an outstanding breakout year. 35 goals, 30 assists, or sorry, 20 assists, 55 points. Drake Batherson, another one who had like 50 points, 15 goals, 35 assists, just absolutely killing it. And on top of that, you add Alex Dabrinkit, who's coming off a massive year, 75, uh, sorry, 74 points, 41 goals, I believe. You're adding a 41 goal scorer. And he signed one year, $6.5 million, not bad at all for 40 goals. And you can expect the same being on a line with Tim Stutzla, who also had a fantastic year, 22 goals, 30 assists, something like that, 55 points, just absolutely killed it. And then you also add Claude Giroux, who on another good contract is coming off of a decent year with a horrible, horrible, horrible Philadelphia Flyers team who was one of the worst teams in the whole league, but yet Claude Giroux still somehow managed to uh, scrounge up, I believe, 50 or 60 points. Uh, just absolutely impeccable on Claude Giroux's part. And again, on another good contract. Uh, they signed him to three years, $6.5 million per. He's still... He, you know, he is entering the top, the the uh, twilight, excuse me, of his career. But man, this guy still has some gas left in the tank, and I think he is going to fill out this top six nicely. Bottom six: Alex Formanton, Shane uh, Pinto, and Matthew Joseph. I really like Matthew Joseph, former Tampa Bay Lightning uh, fourth liner. Uh, just a lot of promise. He also had a big. Uh, coming out year last last season where he really sh uh, shined for Tampa and I'm going to be really excited to see how he performs uh, given a bigger role definitely on the Senators team uh, with him being on the third line uh, bigger bigger than he was in Tampa uh, for sure maybe not by a lot uh, by a lot just because of this absolutely stacked top six uh, but a bigger role nonetheless, I believe. And fourth line, you got Parker Kelly, Dylan Gambrell, and Austin Watson. A very gritty fourth line when I hear Austin Watson. I remember looking at that guy like two years ago when I was first starting fantasy hockey. Uh, I am 
fairly new to fantasy hockey, but uh, we added hits to our league a couple years ago, and I remember looking at Austin Watson's numbers because he was a big hitter and thinking about getting the guy just because he, he lays the lumber on those people that need lumber laying on. Uh, but uh, even going down to, to defense, it's not as stacked as offense, but, I mean, you got Shabbat. He's locked up eight years, eight million. They signed that uh, a, a year or two ago. Travis Hamanick, who is, uh, I believe he was a flame before being with Ottawa now, and I believe people are pretty confident in his ability to play defense. So, hey, if he, if he can be a solid defense defensive defenseman to be paired with Shabbat I don't think it'll be too hard to defend when you have Thomas Shabbat uh you know right beside you there blocking the offenses they come down the ice then you got Eric Branstrom a guy who I really think there's a lot of promise in still really young super uh offensive upside given a big role in the top power play last year and I think they're planning on keeping him there unless Shabbat fills that role but I could see them giving Branstrom uh, the spot for a little bit to test how he does. I think there again. I think there's a lot of promise there. Artem Zub, who I had last year in fantasy hockey, and you're going to hear me make comparisons to fantasy hockey, and that's because that's where I get a lot of my hockey knowledge from. I learned a lot from watching players on fantasy hockey, and I don't think there's any shame in that. I think you know, I think you can learn a lot from players looking at their stats. Uh, two, three, four times a week, checking up on them and saying, hey, oh, he did really good last night. He had a good defensive game. He had four blocks, three hits, a couple shots on goal. He logged 25 minutes last night. They're giving him a big role. I think there's a lot you can gather, and I don't, you know, I'm not saying anybody's saying anything wrong with it, but I don't, I don't see anything wrong with getting, you know, a lot of your information from players off of watching them in fantasy hockey. Uh, but Artem Zub definitely won to uh, be good defensively as well. Uh, again, you know, an offensive defenseman in Branstrom paired with a defensive defenseman in Artem Zub. And then you move down, you got Jake Sanderson and Nikita Zaitsev. Zaitsev, former Maple Leaf legend, just kidding. The guy was an absolute trash fire in Toronto. But he's found a home in Ottawa, and they use him in a role that he's good at. You know, they, they clearly see value in him, and, you know, he does have a bigger contract, but another defensive defenseman on that right side paired with Jake Sanderson, who's apparently, I believe they, they uh, advertised him as two-way defenseman. I don't know that for sure, uh, but all I know is he was a top pick in, in, in uh, the 2020 draft, I do believe, and uh, he went, I think, fifth overall. Uh, a lot of promise there, and yeah, I think I think he's going to do really good this year. I think he's going to show what he's made of and I I believe in the guy. I think he's he's going to be a great, you know, third third line, third pairing defenseman for the Senators. And I mean, this first power play unit uh of Kachuk, Norris, Batherson and DeBrinket. That is just going to be deadly with Shabbat on the back end as well. They are choosing Shabbat it looks like and I am using daily faceoff as my reference for this. So you know, uh, I, I'm trusting them that they know what they're doing when they put these lines together, and it seems legit to me. I mean, they do have Branstrom on the on the second power play unit with Alex Formanton, Pinto, 
Giroux and uh, and Stutzlow. So, uh, you know, that's another good power play unit. You know, you got Giroux, Stutzlow, and Batherson, or, or sorry, and Branstrom, who who are going to carry the heavy load for for that second power play unit. I don't know a lot about Alex Formanton or Shane Pinto, but them being third liners tells me that they aren't, you know, out uh, Claude Giroux and Tim Stutzlow level. Uh, but anyway, I'm not going to go to the penalty kills because I think that's pretty much self-explanatory. You put the guys that are good at defense on there, and that's just about it. Going down to the goalies, you just got Cam Talbot and Anton Forsberg. Talbot on a very reasonable $3.4 million, uh for three years contract. He is 35, but he's coming off a great year with Minnesota, and I think he will do really good in Ottawa. And, you know, I just absolutely love what the Senators have done in this offseason. They've gotten several guys, Talbot, Debrinket, and Giroux in my mind, that are all on very reasonable contracts right now. Obviously, you're going to have to pay Debrinket big bucks next year because he's going to be giving it his all. He's going to be looking for that big money contract. And based on his past, you have to give him that contract, which I could see being anywhere depending on how he plays. If he plays like he did this past year and gets around 70 points, which I could definitely see being the case, being on that stacked second line and on that first power play unit, I could see him getting anywhere from 8 to $11 million. I really think it's in that range, depending on his point production, obviously. But uh, whether they choose to lock him up long term, you know, that's something that uh, you got to leave up to the man who made all this happen, Dorian. And I think, you know, I think the Senators fans trust that man because of what he's shown he uh, has done in this offseason. And you got DJ Smith who's going to whip all these guys into shape. And all of a sudden you have a rebuild that was looking, you know, subpar last year that has now completely come alive. And this team will be in the playoffs next year is my prediction. I don't know how deep they'll go. I don't know if they will be a force in the playoffs. I don't think so. I think they're probably a first-round exit, maybe second round. I don't know, though. They could surprise me. If if uh, Talbot has a fantastic year, I could definitely see them going deeper in the playoffs, maybe to round three possibly. But wow, wow, wow. What a tale of two of a two-headed dragon really on one side you have the absolute uh embarrassing collapse of the calgary flames and on the other side of the dragon head you have an absolute dominating performance by ottawa in this off season where they have just shown they are going to be no joke next year and don't mess with them next year because they will put you in your place and show you that they are a top-tier hockey team. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I thought it would be interesting to talk about since the news of Kachuk uh, coming alive that he is going to be moving on from Calgary. And, uh, and also I wanted to talk about the Ottawa Senators, and this made it a perfect parallel that I could draw on, you know, a parallel of contrast, I guess you could say, if that makes any sense, where you have just two drastically different teams that are just on two opposite sides of the spectrum. And it is quite fascinating to watch on the outside. As a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, I'm not super ecstatic about what the Leafs done, but I'm not depressed about what they've done. I'm just in the middle, you know. It's been an okay offseason. 
But I look at these two teams and say, those are the other sides. I, I'm, I'm right in the middle with my Leafs. Calgary's, you know, on the other side, really just falling apart right now, having the worst offseason I've ever seen a team have. And then you have the Senators who are on the other side who have had the best offseason, arguably. Uh, maybe one exception, the Hurricanes, which I will be talking about in the next episode little sneak peek there thank you guys for listening appreciate all the support on the podcast recently glad you guys are enjoying them and i will see you on the next one have a great rest of your day thank you all see ya